Turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Our main text this morning, Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Again, it's so good to have you with us this morning. Take out, if you would, your Bibles and your sermon study guide if you'd like to follow along with us this morning as we share the good news of our Lord. I want to ask you a series of Bible quiz questions. If you know the answer, uh, just go ahead and yell it out if you would. Who was, who was the fisherman who fell at the feet of Jesus and said in Luke chapter 5 verse 8, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Who began by faith walking on the water and ended up in fear sinking under the water? Who was it that was so double-minded that at one moment... He confessed in Matthew 16, 16, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him that this was fresh revelation, divine revelation, that he had been used of God. But just a few verses later, this one who had been used of God is now used of Satan. As Jesus says to him in Matthew 16, 23, Get behind me, Satan! As this disciple tried to detour Jesus from the cross. Who was this? In Matthew 17 verse 5. When Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. And Moses and Elijah appeared to him. And this disciple says, I want to build a, a tent for Moses. I want to build a tent for Elijah. I want to build a tent for you, Jesus. It was foolish talk. Crazy talk. It was so foolish, God had to show up in a bright cloud and say, This is my son, whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Who was it that talked like a fool at that time? Who came to Jesus and said, In Matthew 19, we've left everything to follow you. What will we get out of it? Who? Who was it at the Last Supper? who said in Matthew 26, if everyone else deserts you, I won't. Who? Who at the trial of Jesus disowned Jesus three times, denied him, in fact, so vehemently that the Gospel of Mark says he began to curse and he began to swear. Who? And Luke records for us that as he said the words, a rooster crowed. At that moment, Jesus turned and looked at this disciple who walked out of the courtyard into the night crying bitterly, bitterly. If a vote was taken on the disciple most unlikely, unlikely to succeed, I believe that the vote would be cast for Peter. Peter, a fumbler. His mouth would engage before his brain would ever think. He was consistently being impulsive, double-minded, fleshly. He failed frequently. That's why I love Peter so much. Because I can identify with him. Can you? 
I don't think there's a perfect person in this building. I know the guy holding the microphone isn't. Just ask his wife. That's why I love Peter. After Jesus' resurrection, the Bible says that Peter and John were going to the temple to worship. They saw a lame, crippled beggar who was begging for money. And you remember what Peter said. Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have we not, but such as we have. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. He not only walked, he ran, he leaped, he jumped. 2,000 people were one to Jesus in that day. Peter and John are arrested. They're brought before the same men, the same men that had crucified Jesus Christ and orchestrated the entire death of Jesus. And they persecuted them with their words. They threatened them and said, we're going to imprison you. We're going to uh, torture you. We're going to put you to death if you keep preaching the way you're preaching. And whose authority are you preaching? And whose authority did you heal that man? How do you think Peter, who had fumbled the ball so many times, how do you think Peter, who had failed his Lord so many times, how do you think he responded? Peter looked, the Bible says, with boldness at those religious leaders and said, You ask me by whose authority we healed this man? We say unto you, we preached and we healed in the name of Jesus. For there is no other name given in heaven and on earth whereby men might be saved. We preached Jesus, we healed in the name of Jesus, the same Jesus that you men crucified. We want to say, is this the same guy that denied Jesus three times? And even when a little maidservant girl asked him, are you the one that followed Jesus? And he quailed and feared before a little, is this the same person? How can you explain the incredible transformation that we see in Peter? It wasn't the death of Jesus that transformed him. It wasn't the resurrection of Jesus. He was still hiding in an upper room after the resurrection. What was it that you can point to that created the incredible transformation that we see in the life, the ministry, the person of Peter? Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. There's no greater credential that you can have in your life than for people to recognize that you have been with Jesus. What was it? Not just the transformation. What was it that so manifested the life, the power, the person, the ministry of Jesus in Peter and John? What can you point to that brought about the incredible transformation? You'll find the answer in verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. There it is. This morning I share a word that the Lord has placed upon my heart empowered by the Holy Helper, empowered 
by the Holy Helper. Does that describe your life? Have you experienced the same transformation that Peter experienced? Write it down with me. Seven Sundays, exactly seven Sundays after Jesus' resurrection on the Jewish holy day of Pentecost, the early church, including Peter, were filled with the Holy Spirit, or as Jesus called him, the Holy Helper. Have you ever heard of the third person of the Trinity called the Holy Helper? That's how Jesus referred to him, John 14. And I will pray the Father and he'll, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. John 16, nevertheless I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus, because of being in a body, can be at only one place at one time. That's why he had to ascend to the Father so that he may send us the Holy Helper who can be with all of us 24-7. Who is this Holy Helper? The Greek word that is translated helper is parakletos. Let's turn you into Greek students. Say that with me. Parakletos. Even in legal terms today, we have the word paraklete. Paralegal. Paraclete speaks of advocate, counselor, one who assists, one who aids. I'll never forget 20 years ago, I was at Shelby Township Hall. We wanted to build our second edition. We wanted to build our chapel. We had a vision for an expanded Christian education facilities, a vision for a brand new gymnasium for the glory of God to meet the needs of our youth, our adults, our children. I stood before the zoning board of Shelby Township. I didn't have elders or deacons with me. Nobody was with me. Oh, poor Pastor Chris. I stood at the podium all alone and they just ragged on me and ragged. They had all kinds of witnesses already, neighbors, already stacked up that were against us. And they said a flat no. And I stood there demoralized and a bit immobilized in my spirit when suddenly a man stood next to me. I didn't even notice who it was in street clothes. Looked like he had just uh, mowed his lawn. And he began ordering the zoning board to be in favor of us. He began saying, you will be in favor of Lakeside Assembly of God. You will allow them to build their brand new addition. That is their property. It is within code. You are being prejudicial. And I'm telling you that this political crossfire will not happen in this township, you will be in favor of Pastor Chris and the Lakeside Assembly of God congregation. And I'm just looking at him. Where did he come from? I never asked for him to come. I, I never counted on him. Rick Botcher, our township supervisor, about 20 years ago. And for the first time, I realized what it was like to have an advocate a defender. The Holy Spirit, your holy helper, 
no matter what vicissitude, problem, valley, dark shadow of life that you're walking through, your holy helper comes to stand alongside of you to assist you and to be your counselor, your defender, your intercessor, your advocate. Jesus also called him our comforter. That's another translation of holy helper. There are those times that your heart is so broken, you hurt so bad. You need Jesus just to hold you. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Helper, has come to hold you and to comfort you in a way that no earthly counselor can comfort you or guide you and grant you peace. And he speaks into your heart, let not your heart be troubled. You trust in God. Believe also in me. Can you sense him right now holding you? He is your comforter. You need to pray and count on his comforting ministry in your life. He is also called our counselor. Our counselor. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. A pastor acquaintance of mine was holding a conference of African pastors in Dallas, Texas. And he had provided for the transportation of these pastors that were from jungle rural areas to come to the States for this conference. They were touring the city of Dallas. And one of the African pastors got lost. He called into the church office and the pastor asked him, Where are you? And the African pastor said, I'm at a street corner. The pastor said, What street corner? What does the sign say? And the African pastor said, I'm at the street corner of walk, don't walk. Walk, don't walk. Walk, don't walk. I thought to myself, that's how our holy helper wants to minister in and through our lives. Do you have a decision or decisions to make? They who live in the Spirit walk in the Spirit. Paul the Apostle says in Philippians 2 that we have the mind of Christ within us. Through God the Holy Spirit, your holy helper wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He, he wants to be able to grant you good, godly decisions. You have at times decisions to make of whether to go to the left or whether to go to the right. As you ponder going to the left, you sense confusion, unsettledness, a lack of peace. Old Pentecostals would call that a check in my spirit. And we don't go there. Whether as you consider the right, you sense enthusiasm, you sense a, a, a tugging, a pulling, an excitement, an attractiveness. As you walk in the Spirit and have the mind of Christ, know that the Holy Spirit is leading you. Trust. You know, it's not a matter of a, the perfect will of God. It's a matter of, are you in right relationship with Jesus? If, if you are, then you're walking in the Spirit and you hear the mind of God. If your husband or wife is sleeping next to you right now, nudge them. Nudge them. I know I'm not preaching loudly this morning. Wake them up. Tell them this is good stuff. You don't want to miss it. Amen. 
You know, I fight this on cloudy mornings. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit, one of the helper's key, key blessings in our lives is joy. You know, some picture Jesus walking around as a funeral director. So, so serious, so somber, so sober. What do we read? What do we read in Luke chapter 10, verse 21? In that hour, the Holy Spirit filled Jesus with what? Joy! Joy! If there's a baptism that the church needs in this hour, it's a baptism of joy! Listen, the tavern that's on, uh, on your corner, the bar that's across the street, doesn't ha have the corner on the market on happy hour. All they can give you is 60 minutes with a hangover with a bunch of drunks from your community that cry on one another's shoulders. But Jesus promises more than 60 minutes uh, of happiness. He gives you a lifetime of consistent joy 24-7. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. The third person of the Holy Trinity, our Holy Helper, has come to equip uh, you and I with his Holy Jesus joy. Man, when I preach sometimes, you'd swear I'm looking at faces that have a reprint of the book of Lamentations upon them. Some people look sometimes like they walk up uh, eating green tomatoes. My, my, so sour. In expression, one man in the church said, the only way I can wake up in the morning with a smile on my face is to go to bed at night with a clothes hanger stuck in my mouth. That should not be in the house of the Lord. Christians should be the most happy, joyful people on the planet. It's your Jesus joy that's your front man that tells people that there's something different about you, that it's attractiveness, it is a tug, it's a magnetism that speaks of not of you but of Jesus. Jesus' joy on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues, part of the crowd that looked on said, these people must be full of a brand new kind of wine. Today they'd say, this is some kind of new drug. Look at them. They're smiling. They're happy. They're giggling. They're laughing. How can we explain this joy? Have you drank of the new wine? Uh, don't just sip, uh, uh, sip here or there. Uh, walk in the new wine of God the Holy Helper, your Holy Spirit. He has come to renew your strength with the joy of Jesus. Our Holy Helpers come to empower us to be a blessing to others. Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. What kind of power is this? This is not power to leap tall buildings in a single bound. This is not more powerful than a locomotive Superman-type language. This is power, hallelujah, to be a blessing instead of just receiving a blessing. It's okay to pray for blessing. It's okay to pray for favor. I pray for that all the time on behalf of myself, my family, my church. But I'll tell you, it's more important to be a blessing than to receive a blessing. 
The Lord has deposited in you the moment you were born again. He has deposited within you special abilities, special gifts, special talents, so that you can be a blessing to others. Some preach, some teach, some sing, some play musical instruments, some serve as ushers, as greeters, some serve as helpers in the church kitchen. Some are used by God this week to fix a meal and bring it home over to the home of June Gravitz and make sure it's got a lot of fat with it to put some pounds on this girl. I hear she loves McDonald's. If you're too busy to fix a meal, get McDonald's for this young lady. That's what Becky's doing tomorrow for her. That's what was her request. Amen. Find something to do for somebody. That's the point. And allow the Holy Helper to give you strength to do it, insight to do it. Allow the Holy Helper. You might have gone to school. You might have received education. Some of you have minds. It's a gift from God where you can acquire knowledge. You can ascertain and have insight into things that the rest of us sit back and marvel at. That does not come from man. Every good gift comes from above. Take that gift, take that ability, and give it over to God. Whatsoever you find in your hand, give it over to the Lord. And now allow the Holy Spirit to magnify it, enhance it, accentuate it, enlarge it, and use it to be a blessing to others. Listen, when we move as a lakeside family in the unity and the diversity of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, nothing is impossible for us to do with the help of our Holy Heaven. Can I hear an amen this morning? Yes. Yes. Empowered by our holy helper. The Holy Spirit as our holy helper empowers our prayer lives. Would you write that down? I'm jumping ahead for those of you up in the tech booth. Write it down. Our prayer lives. When we pray in the power of God's Spirit. We're right on target with God's word, God's will, God's ways. There comes times in our lives when the problem is seemingly so complex. Issues are so entangled because of human foolishness. Problems with husbands and wives, children and parents, habits, addictions. I sometimes, Thursday, at one point I'm trying to hold a marriage together. At another point I'm trying to counsel somebody with cancer. At another point I'm dealing with a death situation. Then a, a call comes in, a, a situation comes in with the building program and I'm dealing with the builder and, and switching gears to the point Lord, I can't do it. And I hear a voice from heaven, you were never meant to do it. That's why I sent my holy helper. I don't know your life, but I know my life and my ministry, my calling. We need every day to depend upon the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
We need to be able to move in victory and power in prayer, not as just a, a tagline before we eat our meal. You know, we thank you for this food. God is good. Look out. What was it? Uh, teeth. Look out. Gums. Uh, down the... the yeah, it's, that's what happens when it's not in the notes. Down the stomach it goes, whatever. Graduate from those kind of prayers. Paul says in Romans chapter 8, Paul says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Lord, the problems are of such a magnitude. I don't have all the answers. I don't have the answer. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings. He's our advocate that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will. The Holy Spirit, as you allow Him to pray through you, that might be in English. As He directs your prayers in English, that might be in Italian. I don't know what your mother tongue is. He can orchestrate our right praying in our mother tongue. But then there comes, <laughs> then there comes the language of the Spirit. Then there comes your prayer language. The, the Holy Helper gives you His words, which are always on target. They always hit the bird's eye. They're always dead center to the heart of God, the perfect plan of God. They are empowered to change human behavior, to bring about miracles. The words of God that are creative, the same words that he used to create the entire universe. Such is the power of the words of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It's okay to edify yourself. Do you know that you need to allow the Holy Helper to encourage you on a daily basis? You know, I, I marvel at the power of our words. In the natural, think, think of what a parent can do. Little Johnny and Susie are afraid of the monsters in their closet. And mommy and daddy can sit down on their bed and say, it's going to be okay. Daddy will take care of the monsters in the closet and under your bed. Go to sleep. And they go to sleep. The power of words. A counselor or a pastor with their words can sit down and restore a marriage. Keep a family together. And that ripple effect will affect generations. The power of words. A coach at halftime can cause a, a team to go from defeat to winning the game. A general can so inspire his troops that he can snatch from the jaws of defeat real victory and lives and nations are saved. All because of, of man's words. If man's words can do that, what can God's words do in your heart, in your spirit? What can a God word do for you in your inner woman or your inner man? When you choose to pray in the spirit, God is giving you a God word in your inner person. 
It's an upbuilding, encouraging word. That's why I admonish you, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the language of your holy helper and watch how he'll strengthen you for, for the day ahead, for the battle ahead. The one who spoke supernaturally, let there be light. When you're walking through the darkness, he'll speak a word of victory and joy and glory as you are seemingly walking through the halls of hell itself. Perhaps you're sick in body. Perhaps you, you have a heart that has been broken by someone's betrayal or someone's rejection. Pray in the Spirit and watch Him speak into your inner person, your inner spirit. Watch Him speak, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. Yea, by my stripes you are healed. The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Uh, they who keep their minds stayed upon me will be kept in perfect peace. Do you see the power of praying with the help of your holy helper? But there is more. There's more. Uh, our holy helper will transform your praise life. 1 Corinthians 14. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. Here Paul is contrasting speaking in English or your mother tongue and praising the Lord, singing unto the Lord in the language of the Spirit, your holy helper. Listen, there comes moments in our lives where the Spirit of the Lord, your holy helper, whispers in your ear, Stop striving. Stop begging. Stop crying out. Stop interceding. Stop praying. Because sometimes even in our praying, we can be ordering God what to do. Stop striving. Stop interceding. Stop your anxious mouthing of unbelief and begin to start praising me. Not just in your own language, but in the language of heaven. I want you to sing the song of heaven. Congregation, tell me, what is the song of heaven? Is, is the song of heaven defeat, defeat, defeat? Is it curse, curse, curse? Is it sickness, sickness, sickness? Is it death, death, death? What are the angels of heaven singing before the throne of God in this hour right now? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Holy, 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 worthy, 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 glory, 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 victory, 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 health, healing, health, healing, favor, 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 blessing, blessing, blessing. There comes a moment when you need to stop praying and start praising. There comes a moment when you need to lift your hands and allow the songs of heaven to begin to flow through your lips. Uh, there comes a moment when you need to stand shoulder to shoulder with the angels of heaven and sing with them. Uh, sing the song that the angels are singing and their song is always victory. 
victory. Jesus is our victory. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you move with the help of your holy helper in this kind of praise, <laughs> when you praise the Lord with your praise language, Praise stops and ceases to become an expression of worship and begins to become an instrument of spiritual warfare. My Bible and your Bible says that we are called not to fight in the spiritual dimension as natural human beings. The Bible says Paul corrects us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not man-made. They're not made in Japan. But they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. Praise Him. Holy, holy, holy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Glory, glory, glory. Praise Him in the language of the Spirit. Pray to him in the language of the Spirit. Our holy helper hasn't come just for us to enjoy a personal bless me club, but for us to be witnesses to a hurting in a lost world. Probably one of the most familiar passages in the Bible to every Pentecostal spirit-filled believer is Acts chapter 1-8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and all the ends of the earth. I want you to circle two words, two words, two words in that scripture verse. Be witnesses. Be witnesses. Be witnesses. Witnessing can be both an event and a lifestyle. Which one does Acts chapter 1 verse 8 speak of? An event or a lifestyle? A lifestyle. Jesus didn't say do witnessing. Early Friday morning after the prayer meeting, uh, Reno uh, Palazzolo, Jerry Kozak, our two deacons and myself, came out on the site. We were inspecting the site. They had just uncovered what they call a latent condition, an unknown. Underground, they came across three power conduits coming out from our transformer to our switcher box, and they had broke one of them. They said, if you touch any one of those, you're dead. Well, you open the door, and I'm a preacher. Look out. Uh, those construction workers were standing there, and I said, Hey, if one of you guys had gotten zapped by one of those power conduits, where would you spend eternity? If you were to stand before God right now, and he would ask you, Why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Well, I didn't get a chance to finish the sermon like I am here, this, that's doing witnessing. That's doing witnessing. But the Lord requires more. In and of myself, I can't do what he requires. That's why I need a higher power. That's why I need a holy helper. Because I'm not, I know this is going to come as a shock. In and of my own strength, I'm not like Jesus 24-7. I know you're shocked. Friday night, my wife yelled at me from our cottage kitchen. 
She opened up the refrigerator. She screamed. She said, Did you put this can of worms, fishing worms, in the refrigerator? I said, uh, Maybe. <laughs> Were you the one that didn't seal the lid tight upon the can of worms? I chuckled and I said, Maybe. And I walked out. I, you know, I, I, walked, I walked out on the deck. I said, I got to attend to the, the grill. I said, Our meat's going to get burnt. I'm a real man. I know when to stand up and I know when to run. <laughs> and I said, Feet, do your duty. <laughs> next morning, next morning, uh, she was sitting there so pretty and. Uh, uh, I came over and I said, uh, how about a kiss? I said, I love you so much. I said, how about a kiss? How about a smooch? And I went down to kiss her on the cheek. She turned her head. She said, I still haven't forgiven you for what you did last night. I said, I completely forgot. You know, you women, man. <laughs> I mean... Oh, man, I mean, you can be laying in bed at night and uh, uh, I'm still 10 years ago, you forgot an anniversary card. I mean, and I said, I'm so sorry, honey. Please forgive me. I, I apologize. Now give me some sugar. <laughs> it's hard in the natural to be like Jesus 24-7. But the Holy Helper has come. To let Jesus be Jesus in you. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. If you will constantly seek the Holy Helper in your life, he's, He will produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and keeping the lid on the fishing worm's jar in the refrigerator, self-control. Do you see that there? Amen. I've had so many people tell me, when you preach, Pastor, you sound just like your father. Or when my son preached, oh, Pastor, he sounds just like you. Well, I hope so. We, we grew up together. But the greatest compliment I've ever been given is when, when I'm in your presence, I feel like I've been in the presence of Jesus. And that's the high standard all of us are called to. And we can only do this through the help of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, lastly, remember being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not a saving experience. It's an empowering experience by our Holy Helper. As Cindy comes right now, I, I remind you, we can't do God's work without God's power. We can't heal hurting hearts. We can't set the captives free. We cannot see real revival without the very person and the presence and the power of God's Spirit permeating our lives. Pastor, how can I experience the fullness of the Holy Helper in my life? I want to remind you, how many of you are born again here this morning? How many of you are born again? Okay, I want to know who I need to call to the altar to get saved. And uh, who, okay, no. 
I would say 99% here are born again. The moment you were born again, the moment you were born again was the moment that you received all of the Holy Spirit into your life. It's a misnomer when we think of being baptized in the Holy Spirit that we're being, uh, in a sense, receiving the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit when you're born again or you could not experience salvation. He brings conversion. Jesus said no man can be saved except by the Spirit. He takes up the guest room in your life. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, He has the run of the whole house. It's not getting more of the Spirit. It is receiving, receiving, Him receiving all of you. Don Wagi, if you'll help me out, please. God the Holy Spirit is here this morning not to be resident in your life, but to be president in your life. In fact, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not the fact of receiving, but of releasing. Jesus said in John 7, Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. Pastor, how can I receive the Holy Helper's fullness in my life? Back up one slide, if you would. Get thirsty. Jesus said, if anyone thirsts, let him come unto him and drink. The problem in the church today, there's not enough thirsty, thirsty Christians, thirsty believers. Some of you right now are thinking about what you're going to do at lunch, what you're going to do tomorrow. That's okay, you're human. I understand that. I understand that. But hear your pastor right now. If there's anything that we need here at Lakeside, if there's anything you need in your marriage, your life, your home right now, and that's the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Helper. People need to see you being with Jesus. Witnessing is a 24-7 lifestyle. Probably the greatest thing that you can witness is your smile. Probably one of the greatest things that you can do in your witness is when people ask you tomorrow morning at school or work, how you doing? Great! Excellent. I always say excellent, no matter what's happening in my life. And they'll come back and say, what's so different about you? You have the holy helper who helped transform Peter. Get thirsty for all that God has for you. Secondly, seek the person of the Holy Spirit, not just his power. Holy helper, I need you. Pray to him. He's not a thing. He's a person. Thirdly, Exercise faith. Believe that you will receive as you believe. Paul said in Galatians 3.14 that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Faith is something that you do. What are you going to do? You're going to lift up your hands. You're going to praise the Lord. You're going to open your mouth. 
You're going to love Jesus. You're going to get thirsty for all that God has for you. This morning, how about it? Is the Holy Helper president in your life? We have rain outside that waters the grass. There come desperate seasons in our lives and in our church where we need the rain of the Holy Spirit to fall down upon us. Are you totally sufficient in and of yourself? Or this morning, are you thirsty for the Holy Helper? Would you stand with us now? Holy Spirit, rain down, rain down. O Comforter and Friend, how we need your touch again. Holy Spirit, change our hearts as we stand on your word holy spirit he has come to be our counselor our comforter he has come to be our advocate our defender he has come to be our joy the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. He has come to be your power. To be all that God has called you to be. To be a blessing to others, our congregation and our community. He has come to encourage you on the inner man, the inner woman. He has come so that when people are with you, it is though they have been with Jesus. This is our holy helper. If you're thirsty for more of God, I'm not asking you to seek tongues. I'm asking you to seek Jesus. I'm asking you to seek your holy helper, the Holy Spirit. God will take care of the tongue. It'll just happen. If you're thirsty for all that God has for you, would you join me at this altar right now? If you have to go, go ahead and run out of here. God bless you. Go with God. But if you're thirsty for all that God has for you, come right now. Holy Spirit, rain down.